and I'm not embarrassed to talk about it anymore. And I think people out there should know what it's really like because when before I went in, I researched online to see what I could find out about, you know, what to expect, what to do, what not to do, to stay safe, <laughs> more or less. And I found nothing out there about women's prisons at all. So anybody who's going through it now or, or curious or has somebody they know that's going to go through it and they're just curious to know, this is like the perfect thing to read because it explains in detail what to expect. A hundred percent. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Helping to make your life at least 1% better every single day. This is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Hey, it's Tony Dufresne, PhD, back with you. And uh, today I have a very special guest. It's author Tony S. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, it's my pleasure because you had written a book about your time in prison. And it's called? Down the Rabbit Hole. Down the Rabbit Hole. And it's not yet published, but soon to be manuscript. But uh, I got a chance to read it. And it has so many amazing stories and um, so much that so many other people can learn from uh, the experiences that you went through on this. And as I went through it, I just kind of made some notes on this. So I'd like you to, to kind of initially say or give us an idea of how this all this because you, you you're just a, you know, all American girl raised well, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of the old middle class thing right. and never thought in a million years by looking at you, you'd never think in a million years mm-hmm. that you would be a prisoner. Ex-convict. Ex-con. <laughs> right. Uh, so what's the kind of the background story to that and how did that happen? It all started first with my divorce. Um, I went, I went through a very bad divorce. So I turned to, uh, drugs and alcohol and started hanging out with the wrong crowd. And, and my whole life I was so anti-drug and anti, you know, alcohol. I didn't even start drinking until I was 28 years old. Yeah. I was a straight A student, goody, goody, you know, cheerleader all through high school. Never went to the football game parties just really into my school and school work. And I was really focused and, you know, so yeah. So I didn't get into any of that partying scene um, until I was like 28. So the divorce ter- got you into more of the drugs and alcohol thing. Just to, is that kind of a, co- just a kind of a coping um, thing the, to well, correct for the most part. I mean, I just, I didn't know what to do. It was depressing and I became bitter, became angry and I wanted revenge. How did you get your revenge on that? Um, well, it started out where um, I called the American Express credit card company and, and asked them to mail me an extra credit card um, to the home address because even though we were separated at the time, I still had access to the mailbox at the house that I moved out of. And I would check the mail every single day until finally the credit card arrived. And I got it, made some online purchases. And, you know, you could say that, you know, well, why did you put it in your name or why did you have it mailed to your house? Well, I think, like I told you before, it was probably just a cry for help, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because you didn't try to mask any of this. No, no. So, so it was, and it was in your name still, and it was mm-hmm. just, uh, it, did you ever think when you were going through that, just, you know, doing the whole thing about trying to get a little revenge and, and buying stuff on his card, did you ever think that would lead to prison time? Absolutely not. I mean, I had no priors. You know, the worst case scenario, I thought maybe I'd get probation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but uh, and to be honest with you, the amount wasn't even 
a lot. It was maybe $4,000 that mm-hmm. I had racked up. Just that thing led to an extreme consequence right. on that. Mm-hmm. You found yourself, now the book kind of starts off and you find yourself in court. Mm-hmm. Ready I to self surrendering. Ready to correct. accept a plea deal, right? And the plea deal was for eight months, correct? No, it was for uh, one year. Oh, okay, okay. And then two years probation. And two years pro. Okay. After I got out, mm-hmm. and it, and the book starts off that way, and then it goes into you going through your process, and the, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on like the like the day to day or the process mm-hmm. to process because it, it's the message about your journey that I really right. want to focus on. Okay. But but I, I did want to kind of spend a couple minutes on the fact that you you went to first in here it was here in Phoenix yes and you went to the Australia you went to jail first mm-hmm. and like the holding in the jail and all right. that and Ran then by the most <laughs> the most uh, right but our pi- Joe. our pile yeah. right mm-hmm. Sheriff Joe back back in the day because this happened a number of years 2009. ago 2009 right so it's almost almost ten years ago right. Then from jail, then you got transferred to the, the prison system out mm-hmm. here. But the one thing that I found fascinating, jail is way worse than prison, oh, gosh, which yes. you would think would be totally the opposite, but mm-hmm. it but it is. Mm-hmm. It is. The food's worse. You have no freedom. I mean, it's just the guards there are just, they look at you like you're just the scum of the earth. And, and they don't do that in prison? Or is it just kind of a different nuance? They actually don't. Really? They, I mean- people in prison some of the girls will be sitting at the table playing cards and the guards will come up and just have a casual conversation as if it's just you know their friend or <laughs> that's amazing yeah, to me right i mean yeah. really because you would never think that that would be uh, the case no. so you went through that and the book describes really terrible situations in terms of the jail thing in terms of being up for 24 hours and being in a holding cell with a bunch of women mm-hmm. and it just being not great you finally make your way into prison here what was the most surprising thing for you when you when you got there and started learning how everything works the strict rules i mean you have a certain time you get up for breakfast it was from 4 30 in the morning until six o'clock so if you were not up to have breakfast well you're sol Hmm. (laughs) so just the times and everything that you have to do certain things you have to be at work at a certain time you have to report um you know for, for, for count at a certain time you have to have lights out at a certain time it's just the structure and just the like the constant every single day just same thing every every day which is surprising to me you were in for a total of eight months and and it was and it was a thing where they where you were you really didn't make a lot of decisions on your own that's the way it's set up Mm -hmm. and you found yourself afterwards thinking oh wait a minute you know i now i have to make more decisions it was it was such a shock it was scary it was for the fact that you want that you you had everybody making decisions, and that's just Shawshank Redemption is the same thing. <laughs> he, he, remember, he was saying, you know, you know, can I can I go take a piss or take a take a bathroom break? Exactly. He said, "Hey, man, you don't have to ask me that." He goes, "Hey, I've been asking people that for forty years," <laughs> which right. you, which you don't think you just don't think. And you were and you were in for eight months, only which is not. Months. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying only right, but still compared to. You wouldn't think that eight months is a long time, and it completely shifts your perspective mm-hmm. in terms of because because they you really don't have a lot of personal freedoms right. in regards to that. The one thing that the book goes through a lot, you're, you're extremely detailed. Yeah, because I'm not a detailed person anyway, and usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to get involved in detail. But the fact that you talk about the exact things that they give you, the fact you didn't have a pillow, the fact that you had to put your own certain things in a certain place, taking all those things into consideration. You're, what are the like the, the couple, three things that you learned 
about yourself and about people in general when you got in there that you really didn't know mm-hmm. when you were out? Before I was in prison or jail, um, I had this preconceived notion of how you know criminals were. Um, well, if I heard somebody had a past, you know, though they were in prison or they were in jail, I would think, wow, what a loser. And being there and realizing that not everybody there is a bad person. Yeah, they made some bad decisions and bad things like myself. But I mean, they're still human. They still have like, like myself, compassion, you know, and all that. And um, not everybody there is bad. So that was surprising because I figured you're there for a reason because you're a bad person. Well, that's not true. I mean, yeah, of course, there's some people there that deserve to be there. But but there's different layers of that, different right. levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't think that because you think you think one or the other, right? It's a black and white thing because we're very linear in, we're think, in our thinking typically. Right. And it's your, if you're in jail, if you're in prison, yeah, you deserve it. And, you know, why should you get, you know, extra food on Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be? For these people who come in and, and they don't have a lot to work with in the first place. Right. And they're, they have terrible self-esteem and they have terrible backgrounds and their home life is horrible. Mm-hmm. And they go into these into this, and it just magnifies those things. Instead of allowing people to create or or give them a, more of a sense of themselves and more of, of a sense of self responsibility, personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't you think that that would benefit them or and everybody else in the long run? You would think. Is that why you think that that, that it's such a revolving door in these situations? Well, because you know a lot of those people there, a lot of the women there, they're living on the streets. You know, they're prostituting, they're drug addicts, and they really had nowhere to go. So in a way, being in prison was home to them. You know, they were they always had made sure that they had a place to sleep. They always had food, you know, and sometimes when you're living on the street, you don't know when your next meal is going to come or the next, you know, where you're going to lay your head. So a lot of times they would purposely get in trouble just so they can go back because they had that to them, you know, afforded to them. So. Again, another Shawshank Redemption thing, <laughs> right? I could just I could just get this gun, and you know, right. so so I can go back in because mm-hmm. it's more comfortable and it's regimented, and I know I'm going to get mm-hmm. you know two meals or I don't know the meals thing is pretty scary what you talk about, and the fact that you guys <laughs> you guys were so MacGyver ish yeah. in terms of of making certain meals out of <laughs> practically nothing. And can you talk about your surprise birthday party? There's nothing worse than being you know, in prison during a holiday or. On your birthday, of course, you know. Um, but us girls there, we try to just make it seem as normal as possible by being in there. So some of the girls, um, what happened was I was in my, my cell one day and one of my, I guess you can call her friend, um, came up to my door and she said, hey, so-and-so has a question they want to ask you. Can you come out here? Because we weren't allowed to have other inmates in our cell because we'd be ticketed. It was a big no-no. Ticketed meaning what? What does that mean? It means we'd get written up. Oh. We'd have disciplinary action. We'd have, if we had so many tickets, then you'd get privileges taken away. You know, so you don't want to have tickets. And having another inmate in your room caused, it was caused for disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she stood at the door and she said, hey, can you come out here instead of her coming? So I went out there and I went out to the yard and it was just amazing. They had a big party out there for me. Several of the inmates, maybe 10 or 15 of them were there. They had made all these snacks, if you can believe that. Yeah, but, but <laughs> describe, describe at least one of the snacks. It's amazing how, how creative you guys get right, with right. limited resources. Right. Well, for the birthday cake, okay, we had uh, we were able to order from commissary these chocolate cream cookies. 
So what they would do to make the cake is they would take the filling out of the cookies and put those in a separate dish or whatever. And then they would mash it up with, um, with some water, the actual cookie part and make it kind of pasty. So it was like a, like a cake batter. Right. And then they would mix the, um, the filling up with sometimes it depends. They even mix it with peanut butter or whatever they wanted to mix it with. And, um, they would use that as the frosting. So they would put the cake batter in the microwave and then cook it and then frost it and then add, you know, M&Ms to the top of it, whatever they wanted to, any kind of candy bar. And it was actually really good. That's such a trip. That's amazing. <laughs> Surprisingly, I actually did do that when I came back home. Just to Did try you really it. just try I, it and I, check I, it out? Yeah, really? I couldn't help it. It was delicious. <laughs> oh, God, that is just, just the inventiveness and the fact right. that you guys, you, you're trying to keep a hold of a lot, you know, a life outside mm-hmm. from a women's prison perspective. What are some of the misconceptions that, that the general public uh, have? For, for example, the job situation, there are times when there's people who the inmates that go out to like work at St. Mary's food bank and they give back to the, the community and it helps us uh, when we do that to feel like a human again, like we're actually contributing something and not just, you know, sitting in prison doing nothing. Um, so that kind of helps the day go by quicker and it helps, I guess, learn some different skills. Um, some people work like at an actual office doing computer work. They even have some stuff on the prison where they like answer telephones and, and things like that, which I guess you can say they're operators. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it helps women feel good about themselves again. And it's not just punishment, punishment. I mean, you're actually like they have classes and they have a library there that you can actually read books and, mm-hmm. and everything. So it's, you know, they, I think they're just trying to help us. So when we do get back out there, that we have some type of skills that we could use when we're out there. What are some of the, the biggest lessons that you learned being in there? Never take anything for granted. <laughs> then that, and that is like totally peppered throughout the book right. in terms of, right. of you having a completely different perspective on things, even to the point of eating a pizza. <laughs> when you eat the same crap day after day after day for months. Even something as simple as a piece of pizza from Pizza Hut was just mind blowing for us. Okay. So we had this, uh, we had to like raise money or, or what have you for this charity that they were um, having. And, and we didn't know if it was actually going to happen because, you know, in the past somebody would mess it up by getting in trouble and then it would ruin it. They would, they would take it away from everybody if somebody screwed yeah. up. Okay. Right. Yeah. So of course we were all at our best behavior because we really wanted that pizza. And there's some people who can't afford pizza because they have no money on their books. You'd or, have to pay for it yourselves. Yes. Oh, and all the money would be uh, donated to the charity. Okay. I mean, and, oh yeah, and, and how can, how can you guys really? I mean, you make a, what thirty cents an hour or well, something in there, or something? right? You know? I mean, a lot of people out there don't. A lot of inmates don't have family and friends who can put money in their books. They're not that fortunate. I, however, um, prior to going into prison, I was working and I had saved that money and put it aside, knowing that I was probably going to need it. And I didn't want to rely, you know, rely on my parents having to send me money. I didn't want to put that financial burden on them. Mm-hmm. So I had some money put away myself knowing I was going to be going away. So they just put money on my books and that's the money I used. Whereas there's some people who don't have that luxury and they weren't able to buy pizzas. So you, so the, the people that did have money, you guys kind of banded together and some, bought it. And yeah, bought it but for of course us. I'm a very generous person mm-hmm. in general. So of course 
we bought a few extra to help, you know, just because, I mean, that's just the nice thing to do. <laughs> right. I mean, especially, you know, in prison. Right. 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 So you got, so you, it finally did happen. We get the pizza, we, they gave it to us and then they, you know, shut the doors, of course, because they have to make sure everybody's there for count. And while we're sitting there in our bunks, it's funny because you can start to smell the pizza and we start getting really excited. <laughs> She's literally jumping up and down on her bed. <laughs> so we look like little 12 year olds, this you know, summer party first time, just having time of our life. So, you know, we start looking at the box and it's so colorful and it's so pretty. You're looking at the color of the box. Yeah. Oh, the pizza box. Okay. That sounds crazy. But, you know, when you're in a cell and it's all gray and no color, and I'm a big color person. I just love color. I have color in my house and so forth. It's just, it's so bright and beautiful just looking at it. And so we just kind of opened it really slow. And it was just, it was like everything was slow motion, Mm -hmm. you know. Just to savor it, basically. Oh, Oh, God, yes. It was about that experience. Mm -hmm. And you didn't want to eat it too fast because... (laughs) It would have been gone. But isn't that fascinating? Uh, it's just, it's. I still do it. Right? Well, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, because, because your perspective has changed. Uh-huh. So I think the biggest theme I got from your whole book is the fact that we, we take things in the world for granted so much. So one of the most profound things that you say in, that I found was, was ex- extremely powerful for me is you said confinement reveals false life stories because it unifies personalities. And it was based around something that you were telling me about being, you know, we all have our different faces and we all have our different personalities that we show people every, and, and a lot of them aren't ours. I mean, really aren't our true self. And I deal a lot of tr- about true self with my clients and on the show, getting to your true self through all the shit, through all the programs, through all the ego stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And we all wear that like masks all the time. We wear them and mostly for protective because the ego likes to protect you. And you think you have to wear these things. I have to be, you know, I have to look like this or, or I have to, or I have to sound, right. I have to impress somebody or I have to sound like this or I have to, you know, be somebody that I'm really not or fake it till I make it type of a thing. What you said is when you get to prison, all of that other stuff kind of gets stripped away and you really find yourself in your true self. Who the hell are you going to try to impress in prison? And, and, and which really? is, a, which is a great point. There, there is nobody to impress. Exactly. <laughs> And so it's just a matter of falling back into really who you are. Did that give you a chance to really develop and and get way more of a sense of who you really were more so than before? It just got me back to who I was before. Mm. Because so you had an idea and you used to and used to be that way, but then most of the time. But then, of course, the drugs and alcohol turned uh, me into okay. somebody that wasn't me. So do you feel as though this whole thing happened for a reason? Of course. I mean... Honestly, if you think about it, there's no reason why it should have went to prison. There's people out there who have committed worse crimes and got a slap on the wrist, so to speak. And I really think that it was divine intervention, possibly, to stop me on my, you know, stop me in my tracks. Because had I continued to be doing what I was doing, I would have just either been dead or committed worse crimes. But I really do believe that that I was put there for a reason. And also, it was to mourn my divorce. I mean, mm-hmm. I hadn't had a chance to actually mourn it thoroughly because I was numbing myself. Okay. Would, would you change anything? No. No, I wouldn't. Because I'm a better person now because of mm-hmm. it. To be honest with you, I have a fabulous life. I have great friends and family. And a support system is very important 
in the success, you know, of you staying out of prison. If you don't have that when you get out, it's very hard to not be recommitted. I mean, honest, let's be honest here. I was very lucky. I had a, a boss who rehired me uh, to work immediately after I was let out and I had a place to live. Um, I had friends and family who just loved me and supported me. They didn't judge and they helped me because I was very scared. It was very frightening to come back out because I thought, wow, people are going to know about what happened. I was embarrassed, humiliated, you know, but that doesn't even matter anymore to me because it's like I came out ahead and above and I'm successful now and I'm happy. So what matters now? Just be true to yourself. Honestly, just be who you're meant to be and don't, don't worry about what other people think. Such a powerful story. And there's so many great um, lessons in that for people who didn't get all that stuff taken away from them and, and don't have an idea of really the important things and right. putting things in perspective. Perspective is such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And people spend thousands of dollars in counseling trying to get perspective. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you know, you found yourself subconsciously or not, you found yourself in prison mm-hmm. And that's like a well, big old dose of that. Right. I don't ever want to forget about what happened mm-hmm. to me. That, I mean, that's part of my life. That's just, it's just what it is. And I used to be embarrassed to talk about it, but that's just, that's just part of my life, like I said. Mm-hmm. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about it anymore. And I think people out there should know what it's really like because of when before I went in, I researched online to see what I could find out about, you know, what to expect, what to do, what not to do to stay safe, <laughs> more or less. And I found nothing out there about women's prisons at all. So anybody who's going through it now or, or curious or has somebody they know that's going to go through it and they're just curious to know, this is like the perfect thing to read because it explains in detail what to expect. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks. So if you want to uh, get some more information on that, you can get a hold of me at TonyJavaBud.com. Again, all the videos are up on YouTube and the podcasts are up at javabud.com. And uh, that's it. Thanks again. And I'll be back uh, next week. Talk to you later. Bye.